Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. In this episode, I'm joined by Arka Das and Bina Bhattacharya. Arka and Bina are two of eight writers of the new anthology feature film Here Out West. Here's the synopsis. A baby is kidnapped from a Western Sydney hospital by a desperate grandmother. Her flight sets off a chain of events that brings together complete strangers over the course of one dramatic day. I watched Here Out West with my wife Kylie over a week ago and we haven't stopped talking about it. It's a highly emotional, well-paced drama that I'm hoping will have the impact it deserves. As Bina says in the beginning, Here Out West wasn't really made with a middle-aged white dude like me in mind, but I hope people like myself can recognise the accurate portrayal of modern-day Australia that this film represents. I think that's the most important thing people could take away from this film. On to our guests... Arka, who wrote the chapter titled Brotherhood, is a writer, director and actor with a number of short films, web series and uh, short documentaries under his belt. Bina, who wrote the chapter The Eternal Dance, is an award-winning writer, producer and director whose 2017 short film Wild Dances won the Audience Choice Award at the Made in the West Film Festival. These are two seriously talented filmmakers who I'm sure will have long careers ahead of them. As regular listeners will know, we usually play a trailer at the beginning of this podcast, but at the time of publishing, no trailer has been released. There's not much we know about the release of Here Out West, other than the film's world premiere will be at Cinefest Oz in Western Australia, where it is screening in competition to win the Cinefest Oz $100,000 film prize. Keep an eye on cinemaaustralia.com.au for updates about the film and hopefully news regarding a release date or other festival screenings will be announced soon. Before we get started, we're nearing the 70th episode of the Cinema Australia podcast, so I'd just like to take a moment to thank everyone who has ever taken the time to listen to this podcast and I hope you've had as much fun listening as we have putting it together. I'd also like to thank all of our guests over the years. There's been quite a few of them. Anyway, enjoy. Arka and Bina, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you both with us. Thank you for having us. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah. Congratulations on this film. Uh, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Uh, the entire film flows so smoothly, consider it's, con- uh, it's compiled by such a massive team of creatives. Um, there's a lot of characters to keep track of, but it never loses sight of itself and it never becomes overindulgent like some anthology films can. Um, I recently said on my socials that this film is flawless. Um, It truly is perfect, and I stand by that. So congratulations again. It's the most wonderful um, endorsement. Thank you. It, like, made all of our, I think, months. It's it's, it's tough here in Western Sydney, and I think we all needed uh, some good news, and that has just, that's an extraordinary um, commentary. So, yes, very excited to talk more about it. (laughs) Great. Yeah, thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. I mean, it's one of the first sort of, um, I guess, you know, reviews we've had um, or feedback we've had, and I I saw the post sort of circulating on Twitter yesterday with um, 
like Ashford really loved, really sort of getting behind it. And a lot of people just kind of coming on and messaging me as well saying, wow, what a lovely, you know, lovely review and a lovely statement about the film. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully I'll uh, write a um, more in-depth review soon. <laughs> leave it at that. It's, yeah, it's I'll just leave more. it at that. <laughs> just leave it at that. It's perfect to go see it. I'm, I'm yeah. happy with that as the review. <laughs> Almost perfect. Seek it out. Um, I'm that's lucky. The, that's, the, that's the headline. That's the headline review on the. the yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm lucky here in Western Australia because we'll be the first to see it. Actually, at Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you? Is that is that exciting for you, or, or would you prefer that it was shown in in Sydney first? I think it's very bittersweet. This is a film about Western Sydney from Western Sydney. Western Sydney, the least understood, least desirable, most politically complicated part of Australia. Um, 2.1 million people live in Western Sydney. It's the third largest economy in our country. This is the first film that's really about it by people who live the reality. So, of course, we wanted to have a big screening here. Um, but I think this is what the reason your review touched me so much is, you know, no shade, but we didn't make this film with people like you in mind. We didn't kind of think about people outside of Western Sydney. We didn't think about, for me, necessarily what white folk would think about it. Yes. So to hear that it's touched people that we kind of weren't intending or seeking out to kind of capture is really, really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say it's a little bit bittersweet, but I also think it's quite special that, you know, in a way, the film is being watched outside of Western Sydney uh, first, <laughs> which is almost, you know, ar- ironic, but also really, really beautiful in a weird way, because I think, you know, the film, it will get seen by Western Sydney audiences when I feel like the time is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we'll have our premiere and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll it, the way of the world is so strange right now. So it's kind of about... Um, getting audiences to see it, see it in, in any way, in shape or form. So I think it's really special. I mean, I'm overseas at the moment. I'm not even in Australia. So I, I feel really kind of a surreal um, attachment to doing press with the film and, and talking to everyone back home and like seeing the state of the world and back uh, how Western Sydney has been in the last few months um, due to the pandemic and all the political, you know, political stuff around it. So uh, I just have a thing with films and releases that like they just happen the way that they kind of do. And I think, you know, it, we just, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. the way it goes. So I think it's really special that Western Australian audiences get to see it. And in some way it's kind of the West of, of Australia anyway. So that's right. You know, yeah. I, I think it's kind of fitting, you know, in Aren't a, any more West than Western Australia. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to jinx anything, but it's up for a hundred thousand dollar film prize. So uh, if, totally. if you win, yeah. then there's an opportunity for one hell of a premiere over in Sydney. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah maybe they can fly me back with the money uh <laughs> teleport for a hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. no I um really so special. you, yeah, you were both se- love it over there. you were both selected to be a part of here out west uh via an application process can you tell us about that process and uh, and why you were so keen to be a part of it um maybe, maybe we'll start with you yeah, look, I mean, it was 2017. I had made a, I had had a long break. So like a lot of good migrant children, I had a long break from filmmaking and I went and got a real job and I, you know, lived in the inner city and I got married and I did, you know, very good things. And then I returned to filmmaking uh, after I had my son. Um, in 2017, I'd made a short film that had done quite well, but, you know, no one was interested in who I was. Like no one cared. Like I went to, the, I went and tried to get like funding and stuff and just no one, no one gave me the time of day. And then of course I see this, um, you know, I hadn't heard of either or organization I didn't know who Sheila Jayadev was I didn't know who Curious Works were but there's you know there's a call out for screen project seeking um, writers from Western Sydney I can't remember if the application said from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds but 
Um, I think someone put it on my radar and said they're looking for um, creatives of colour. And, yeah, you know, did a video and a little submission. Um, of course, I was very excited. I knew I had a good chance because I knew I was kind of, it sounded like they were kind of looking exactly for somebody with m my voice. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it really was just a wonderful thing to be selected for a project like this. We all kind of thought we'd get a shitty web series. Like, that's yeah. kind of what they were giving young people of colour, like mm. emerging creatives. Like, if there's anything, it's just like some shitty web series that no one's going to watch. Mm. So we were really chuffed that it, you know, ended up being our ticket to something. I mean, Arka, I know you've been in the business for a long time, but I haven't. Um, so it was really, really exciting for me. It was just like, yeah, major passport to something new. Great. Uh, Arka? Uh, yeah, I, I uh, similar, similar situation. I mean, I was sort of right, starting to write a few years before um, that application sort of you know, hit my radar. Um, I'd known Sheila. Um, she and I, her and I did a short film together, her, her short film, uh, me as an actor on her short film, about five years ago, five, six years ago. Um, so, you know, I love Sheila, her work. And I was sort of, when I saw her name, I was excited. I knew Shakti and Co-Curious Works a little bit. I'd done some work on a play development with them. So I kind of knew of the, the team. So I thought, oh, th these guys are great. And I really like the work that they do. And um, let's see what, what, you know, this might be, but again, I really also thought it was just going to be a, a low key web series and that it was just going to, you know, be on the internet and then kind of disappear. So I was like, cool, well, whatever, you know, I just got to flex my writing muscles. So I'd written a short film at the time, which uh, premiered at Flickfest in St Kilda and it kind of was doing its rounds at the time. And I thought, okay, this is a good time to maybe put my short film in the script. Um, so I did that. And then yeah, I actually submitted it on the last day of submission at 4 p.m. And this is not one of those, you know, cliche things, but it's true. It was like 4 p.m. And the thing was at 5 and I was literally writing the thing at 4.30 p.m. Like, oh, God, I have to write this letter of like why I should be in it. And I think I remember just writing that I like, you know, that I'm, I grew up in Western Sydney. I grew up all around Western Sydney and I knew different pockets of it really well. And I just wrote something like, there's no one better than me to talk about Western Sydney or something like that. And um, anyway, so it, yeah, got in. And I remember I had a meeting with Sheila about something else. And she said, oh, you know, you're in the, you're in the um, final uh, eight or whatever. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. And so then I was really surprised. And meeting these guys, I mean, it was just such an, an amazing experience, really. And, and that's the shorthand way of saying it. But I think, like, we didn't know what we were in for. And none of us did, to be honest. And we just went on a ride. And, you know, that was a three-year development process. And, you know, here we are at the end of a feature film. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, for listeners who aren't from Sydney, the first visuals that uh, we get when we think of the city is the Opera House and, and the bridge. Uh, can you give us an idea of Western Sydney geographically and, and what it's like as an area? Uh, Arka, maybe we'll start with you because uh, you grew up Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Western Sydney is sprawling. I mean, it is one of the biggest sprawls of a city. Um, it starts, you know, somewhere uh, in the inner city area, I would say. I mean, past the inner city. So probably there's a suburb called Ashfield. Uh, it's generally considered that it starts from there. Some people, <laughs> it's debatable. But it really sprawls out west towards the mountains. And then, you know, you've got southwest as well. And, and it starts to go towards, almost towards Canberra. So you, it, it's a big sprawling geographical area. It's not sort of one niche suburb. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it has so many migrant pockets. Like it has so many pockets of places that different sort of uh, migration patterns have taken place over the last, you know, 50 to 100 years, whatever it is. Um, and over, over time, those little pockets of areas have developed. Um, they've become you know, they're, they're not as homogenous anymore. So I think before it used to be like, oh, this is the you know Lebanese area or this is the Indian area or this is the Vietnamese area. Mm. 
maybe to some extent that's still true, but really, you know, it's been mixed and it's, it's a melting pot. So, you know, lots of cars, lots of traffic, lots of train lines. Um, it's, a, it's a sprawling place, but essentially it's kind of got so much beauty within, within the sort of, you know, ugliness of the, of the, of the uh, sprawling suburbia. Um, and, and that beauty comes from, you know, migrant communities living there and making homes, you know, starting businesses and, you know, uh, building families and the, that sort of multi-generational um, immigration that takes place there mm -hmm. and lots of amazing food. That's, that's the first thing you think about Western Sydney is just the food is, is, is amazing. You can get any type of food from anywhere, anywhere around the world in, in, in a pocket of Western Sydney somewhere. Uh, there was a, there's actually a scene in the film I just remembered uh, where one of the characters calls a part of the area like a, a country. She's living in the country yeah. because it's so big. <laughs> that's yeah, quite it's huge. That's, that's, it's, that's actually out near me. That's out near me. So right, I, right. Yeah, so I'm in Campbelltown. Mm -hmm. um, so just to piggyback off what Arka said, mm -hmm. I think the thing about Western Sydney, so there's two things. Firstly, it's probably like a lot of multicultural out of, out of suburbs. Mm -hmm. You know, I've lived in London. I've lived in New Orleans. Um, you know, uh, I've been um, I've you know spent a lot of time in New York and like all the good food is in Queens where the ethnics are you know yeah. so kind of sprawling out of suburbs all over the world will kind of look the same mm. but I think the thing about Western Sydney is that there's been no thought put into it like no clever town planning person sat down and decided to build a city that was functional it was all very haphazard a lot of it um even places like Fairfield there are places like Cow Pasture Road like it used to be horses and fields it's called Fairfield because it used to be a field uh where I live in Campbelltown it was kind of semi-rural Camden which is not far from where I am is a semi-rural area but it's kind of you know housing plots that have been thoughtlessly bought up by developers people you know houses that all look the same um brick ethnic houses I live in a fibro house in Campbelltown um no planning put into where car parks are going to be where train stations are going to be um you have to live in a car you have to have a car to live in western Sydney right you almost have to it's really hard to get around if you don't have a car um it's very ugly uh we pay lots more in tolls than the rest it's just never there's never any thought it all just kind of is an afterthought it's kind of like oh yeah we're going to build these nice nice suburbs and nice cafes in the inner city near the beach oh crap we need people to like drive ubers and to like do our nails and <laughs> crap where are we going to put all them? We'll just dump them we'll just dump them there we'll dump them in the outer suburbs and that's kind of how it feels like my neighborhood is very colorful i live in a very disadvantaged part of sea town and i've like found people's valium in my front yard mm. um and, you know there, there are shopping trolleys that have been abandoned but like yeah just to echo what arca said like it is it's ugly suburban um bad construction poorly designed houses and it's also gloriously beautiful like there's really pretty parts of nature there are nice walks you can go on and most people who grew up in western sydney absolutely love it like my husband grew up here um i work in fairfield um i work with a youth theater company there that's my day job and a lot of them have really fond memories of western sydney you know it's where their church was it's where their families were and it's not till they get older that they realize there's a lot of stigma and that like yes other people would not ever live in western sydney like most people who make films in this country would never come out here mm. right they would consider it very embarrassing if they ever had to like come out here or they had kids but their, their daughter-in-law had like a boyfriend from here do you know what I mean it's yeah. just kind of not a desirable place mm. and part of I think that a, is I think a, yeah sorry Bina. um I think a good international comparison as Bina said before is like you know Queens in New York uh, how Brooklyn used to be in New York if anyone's been to New York um you know it used to be a, a, a just an empty plot of warehouses and you know broken down things and then it became a gentrified suburb but you know with great coffee and, and food and stuff like that Western Sydney is also becoming like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not to say that it's only just, you know, 
uh, uncles and aunties living there. It's definitely full of young people. And young people are a really special trend that's happening in Western Sydney. Young people are staying in Western Sydney, which I think is is very, very cool. Um, and it's actually a, a, a theme in our film. Um, you know, and one of the themes in the film is sort of not leaving, not always having to leave the nest to go away. And it's also about sort of returning home and being close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's West, that's Western Sydney. It's home for a lot of people. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's also home as far as I may go. One day I, I probably will settle in Western Sydney because I really, really love it. And I know the area and I love the food and I love the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of also comparable to somewhere like East London, you know, it's kind of similar um, to places like that. East LA as well is very similar to those kind of cities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's beautifully ugly. It's a lovely way to put it, I think. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about the film itself. Uh, can you both give us a, a brief uh, synopsis of the stories that you both wrote within this film? Uh, Bina, maybe we can start with you. Yeah, well, I mean, mine's a lovely story. So my, my story is very personal. So I'm, I'm mixed race. My dad was born in Calcutta and my mum's white. Um, at the time that I was recruited to this project, my father was extremely ill. He'd had a stroke and he had reverted to his native tongue, which is Bengali, which I don't speak. Uh, you know, very common. Lots of mixed race kids don't speak their ethnic parents' language because my parents always just spoke to each other in English. And then on the first day of the writer's room, um, you know, I, I came and I said, I want to write this story about like a sort of Citizen Kane deathbed confession. So my piece is about a kind of bad ethnic daughter who, um, is left to translate her father's dying words, which are in his native tongue that she doesn't speak. And she recruits um, a young man in the ER who happens to speak the same language. And I, yeah, I turned up to the writer's room. I wanted to tell the story. And then there's Aka, you know, he's really beautiful young man, speaks Bengali, actor, and he had his own story that he wanted to tell. And I thought that it was very opportune for us to connect the stories and to have like an older daughter of migrants, so maybe in her 40s, having a conversation with a man in his 20s who is ambivalent about his culture, but he ends up being the superhero because he can help translate her father's dying words. Mm-hmm. Um, and it connects with his story. And like, it's kind of, my film is twice the story because it connected with Arcas. Yes. Um, but at heart, it's about, it's very kind of operatic. It is about, um, you know, a bad ethnic daughter who is left to translate her father's dying words. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful story. Uh, Arca, can you tell us about yours? Yeah, um, mine is, uh, so Brotherhood, the chapter I wrote, um, which happens before being this chapter. Um, and look, I mean, I'm starting to look, I've, I've started to, and I, I, I know the audience will probably look at those two chapters as, as one now, um, or it feels like the start and end and kind of bleeds into each other really well. And that's a testament to us two for putting it together, but also the producers and the directors to really start to, you know, starting to connect connect the stories um so that wasn't always the case that those two stories those two chapters were going to be together but it just sort of happened by the end of the film um which i think makes a lot of sense of course because there's a journey um my chapter is called brotherhood it's about uh you know youth uh in it's just simply about the youth of western sydney and especially young males in western sydney and their journey into becoming the men that they're going to become. So uh, it's, you know, similar to Lahim and those kind of films where basically it's about young boys that are transitioning into adulthood. Um, and they're, those boys are loosely based on guys I grew up with um, in, in Western Sydney. Um, one of them based loosely around my experience as a, as a young male in Western Sydney. Um, and I guess the idea of the, the chapter is about what we see or hear about young males in Western Sydney on the surface and how they really are um, when you once you get to know them. So 
you know, with the young males from Western Sydney are, or ethnic young males from Western Sydney are usually portrayed in the media as very rough, very brash, very abrasive, um, no regard for the law, you know, very sort of love to congregate in groups and, and always very, you know, uh, full of swear words and, you know, that kind of thing, which to an essence <laughs> degree is kind of true, but it's because it's misguided youth, really. I mean, they grow up in these kind of areas where there's no guidance for them. Um, so what I wanted to explore with the chapter was also how they are when times get really tough and how they are when it comes to helping the community. Mm. And one thing that's really special about the young males from Western Sydney is that they care about community a lot and they care about their friends and family a lot. So for example, an incident takes place in the film and they get involved within that incident and you know they do something quite heroic. And I think that we never see these men in Australian cinema, especially, um, lauded as heroes we always see them as sort of the angry villain side guys you know who maybe become uh, you know who we have to re rehab or have to rehabilitate them because they've done something bad so I wanted to present these young males as um you know good-hearted young men who yes. um who do something great for the community and then it happens to be that the chapter is really about Robbie, one character, his journey. Um, the fact that he's actually quite very well connected to his language and his culture. But, you know, for some reason or another, we feel like growing up in Australia, we have to repress that. Yeah. Um, and because we have to we have to speak, you know, we have to be very Australian. But I guess I wanted to, you know, with this film and this character, I wanted to redefine what that means to be Australian. I feel like a young Australian man can be have his own culture and speak his own language and still be Australian. Yeah. Um, so... That's kind of yeah the goal with well, the goal with with Robbie's character. Um, yeah. Bina, can you tell us a bit about the writing process? Uh, were, were you all in the same room together, or, or yes. was it done separately? Yes, we were all in the room where it happened. Um, so there were eight of us. We were all really, really different. Um, you know, uh, very, very extremely eclectic group of writers. So I think that's one of the best things that the um, producers did best. So, you know, there's me. I'm a mixed race Indian slash um, Australian from uh, Campbelltown. Arka um, is Bangladeshi young man. Um, you know, we had Von Padiag, who's a you know queer Filipino guy from Blacktown. We had Dee Doan, who's a Kurdish woman. Um, you know, we're all really, really different. Um, and we all came and some of us had ideas of what we wanted to write and some of us didn't. They were much more kind of open. And we had Blake Ashford, who was a really wonderful script producer. And his aim, his background was, was largely in television. Um, and his aim was to try and find a way to thread all of our stories together. So, and then we came up with this singular incident. Um, the singular incident, without giving too much away, is yes, the grandmother uh, making a desperate abduction of her uh, granddaughter from a hospital because the daughter's about to be taken into special services, taken into care. And all the ways uh, this leads to a chain of events and all the, the way all these different communities sort of come together over one day. And I think that's kind of what the film did best. I completely agree with you. It's very cohesive. Other kinds of anthology films have tried to do this model. We've had films like, you know, New York, I Love You and Paris, Your Tame, and they just don't feel cohesive the way this film does. So there were eight of us. We all wrote something that was a chapter and we had some very expert hands to weave it into a cohesive feature film Fantastic. Um, um just yeah just to add to that we definitely were in the room from for uh, i would say the you know the majority of the actual creative development process i think the only times we were away from each other and writing is when we were drafting so you know we would have to go off and do our drafts and send them in and, and then redraft and you know do notes just like a normal process of any sort of writing television or film but it was an interesting um process because we were writing 
for a greater peace. But at the same time, we were trying to make our chapters strong and, you know, decisive and, and a good unit. So, look, I'm not going to say that it wasn't challenging because it was definitely one of the most challenging writing experiences that I've ever had. Um, and I'm sure it's for some of the others as well, just simply because you're kind of writing and then you're going, well, I don't know what's going to happen now because I've, I've submitted my thing, but I don't know what the bigger piece is going to look yes. like. So, yeah. you know, as a testament to Blake, who I'll bring up again to say that he was just phenomenal in the way he was able to softly thread the things together, thread the chapters together and just had really soft hands and, and a light touch and was able to sort of give the important feedback to each person separately to then kind of have a bigger goal of how the whole thing was going to come, come across. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was about getting multiple directors on to direct different chapters and then make sure it still felt cohesive. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or cinemaaustralia.com.au. Can you tell us about working with uh, the director of your chapters? The arc of yours was directed by Leah Purcell and uh, Beanie yours was directed by Anna Kokonis, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, I can start. Um, Leah was uh, awesome to work with. I mean, I hadn't met her before, but we'd probably been around each other because of the acting world, um, and I'd seen her on plays and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, so we met and first had a meeting about being as a writer. So I kind of just talked about my story and what was really special about Leah connecting to my story was, so these directors were presented with all the chapters and they actually chose which chapter that they connected with the most. Oh, and that's how they sort of came on board rather than, you know, we pick you for this chapter or whatever it was. And because, you know, we, I think the producers wanted them to, the directors to feel connected to the chapter that they were, that they were about to direct. Um, so Leah told me that she'd connected with my chapter because she knew these boys in the, in the story that she'd grown up with them. Um, and, you know, metaphorically, so she, she'd grown up with boys in the, boys in the same way, um, boys on the block, you know, and she'd watched films that had reminded her of these characters. So she said to me, I, I may not know the cultural background of these characters, I may not connect to the cultural background of these characters, for example, but I understand growing up, what it means to grow up as a young male in, on the block, you know, and she said she had her brothers and they grew up in the same way and she used to always be out with her brothers playing and doing stuff. So I thought that was really special, you know, and I said to her, the first thing I said to her was, it was really lovely to have an Indigenous Australian um, storyteller um, direct and tell this story that I wrote about immigrant boys growing up in Western Sydney. Like that connection we don't often see or ever see really in, in Australian cinema and perhaps it's the first one. Um, where an, an Indigenous Australian director is able to sort of tell the story that's not just about Indigenous Australians um, and not just about white Australians. Like it's about the middle Australia, which is yeah. that, you know, the, the immigrant Australian. Mm -hmm. And she gets to helm that story, which I thought was really special. So um, she connected that way. And then working with her was a breeze, really, because she just got it. You know, she got every part of it. Um, being actors, it really helped. I think we, did, we would understand each other's language. So we were able to talk about performance, but at the same time, we were able to talk about story. Um, and then the technical side of things came into play. And obviously there was, there was some sparring there because, you know, I don't have, as a writer, I didn't have much authority over the, the, the technical stuff, which she yeah. and the DOP had come together to, to, think, to, to get on top of. So, you know, at one point, I think it's about relinquishing and I had to sort of let go of the story and give it to her and be like, you know, this is your chapter now and you can go and tell the story. But I'm going to be on set because I was performing anyway. So I yeah. kind of wanted to get into that head, that headspace. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the casting was really important. And what I will just quickly say was that she was so 
obviously amazing with the casting because Rahel Rahman, who plays Rashid, is, is, a great, is an, also a friend of mine and I wanted him for that role and it happened. Um, the other guy too, so he was great too. And, you know, I was in the casting process and Leah was very inclusive about that. So, yeah, it was really lovely. It was breezy in the end. I think I think, I think it shows in the chapter that there's it really does. a lightheartedness and, yeah, and, and, it a, does. and a beautiful and comedy there. Yeah, Bina? Yeah, I mean, um, I was a fan of uh, Kokonos's work. Uh, I really love Head On. I thought I liked that she was this kind of risque filmmaker um, with kind of provocative films. And she connected with my piece because I think she kind of related to being the bad ethnic daughter. Now, full disclosure, I was actually my dad's favourite in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but this, but this tapping into this idea that like we're bad, we don't speak our parents' language, or she does obviously. But um, so that's what she tapped into. She felt like she. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this but she said that one of the things she connected with was that she had felt like she had disappointed her parents by um, throwing away her successful career as a, as a workplace lawyer um, and moving into filmmaking. Uh, and so this idea of the wayward daughter returning and, um, you know, this redemptive arc uh, is something that um, she connected with. We actually, so what was novel about this film is that there was an acknowledgement that as writers, we were also the experts in our own culture. And so we had what was called an associate producer role. So we didn't just write, we actually had input into some of the kinds of directing choices that Arka's mentioning, like casting. Um, because of course, yes, I, uh, you know, we had to do like a research packet and mine was heavily about Bengali cinema, uh, the films of Sashajit Roy in particular, which is a big influence on this particular piece. Um, my film has a lot of tropes that are very particular to Indian cinema. So, you know, redemption through singing, yes. without giving too much away, redemption yeah. through singing, that's a massive trope of Indian cinema. Um, and also the reverence for parents. Um, so a lot of even like, you know, it, yeah, a lot of Indian films, even cheesy Bollywood stuff, there's always this undercurrent of like returning to your parents and reverence for your parents. Uh, and so we, we put together like really detailed packages and they drew on that to make their choices. Um, and Anna had also worked with Leah Vandenberg's, there's two Leahs, Leah Purcell, who directed uh, two of the chapters and Leah Vandenberg, who uh, delivers an absolutely stellar performance in mine. And I'm so grateful that we got her um, because, you know, there really aren't many mixed Indian, Australian, a-list actors of the right age who can sing and yeah, such a good all voice. those and she'd worked with Anna before so yeah that was that was really cool mm. um if you've made a couple of short films which have been very successful on the uh, festival circuit um I don't know what your plans for the future are but I hope there's a long career in in filmmaking there uh, if there was one thing that you took away from working with Anna what would it be it's an interesting question I watched how she gave notes to actors and mm. I thought it was really concise I think I'm you can tell from like I'm a Bengali and we talk a lot like we're wordy people our films are wordy our poetry is wordy our when we talk politics we're wordy people and I think sometimes this really confuses actors um you know particularly they don't come from this very sort of um you know head esoteric way of approaching their work so I I, I watched the way she gave notes to actors and how succinct she was and I realized that it was easier for them to digest she hadn't given them too much um, whereas I give a lot, I talk, you know, about history and politics and this and this, and this is why this line has to be said this particular way. Um, whereas she was able to kind of distill it into something that I think the actors could digest. And I thought that was really elegant and something that I hope I can assimilate into my practice as a director for mm. the next project. Um, Arka, I'm surprised uh, that your bio in the press kit doesn't uh, mention a lot about your acting credits because there's, there's quite a few of them. Um, yeah. Do you see yourself more as an actor or, or a writer or, or where do you see yourself going? Uh, look, I mean, 
if I'm looking at it, the you know the the, the balance of um, work, I definitely am more of an actor. I have been acting for since I was 19 um, on stage and then on film and television. Um, so I I do consider myself as an actor, but I also consider myself a writer, director or filmmaker um, because I've always been interested in making films, my own stuff. I've always been writing. Um, you know, what happens when you're coming up in the industry as a as an ethnic actor or a creative of color, it's it's really difficult um, to, you know, break through as it is for most actors anyway, but it's kind of difficult to break through because of the roles are so limited. So what you have to do is kind of write your own stuff really at the end of the day. So a lot of, you find a lot of actors who are coming up and who are, you know, an ethnic background or migrant background, they tend to be writers anyway, mm. um, or they tend to be become producers on the side or at least sort of start directing things or making things. So I was always just sort of making things. And I'd say, you know, I'd love to get to a place where it's 50-50, um, that I'm able to sort of like direct and do my own pieces. Um, but at the same time, I'm, acting is a career that I've kind of now embarked on and, and you know, it's, it's sort of rolling along. So I think, uh, yeah, I would love to get to a 50-50 point. I think that's, that's where it would be the sweet spot for me. But um, I'd love to do more writing. I, I, you know, I, I think I'm better when I'm obviously creating my own projects, but this was such a great experience for me to collaborate with so many people. And I also find that I am a, actually a really keen collaborator. So I love to find people that I, I work really well with and then kind of we just kind of seem to make things together. So mm. I'd like to keep that going. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple more questions here because we are running out of time. But um, do, do we tell enough uh, diverse stories in Australia today? I, I feel like diversity no. on Australian screens has come a long way over the last decade or two. But, but how do you two feel about it? No, 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 no. We're way behind. In fact, they've done studies. We're about 18 years behind the United States um, in telling sort of diverse non-white stories um you know I, I keep on saying this as well it's very interesting Aka mentioned the kind of returning home people young people in western sydney staying home i think I, I said this during um a panel discussion we had the other day australian films i think it's because of like cultural cringe they always about leaving shitty small towns yeah, um you know you got Muriel's wedding and porpoise spit and whatever um but i think reflecting the kind of modern um multicultural experience is not something that we do particularly well uh i always say the white australia policy still exists in people's minds people aren't prepared to accept that this is a multicultural nation with a lot of brown and black faces and asian faces um so yeah i think we're very behind i do think this film is going to change things like what does this look what does australia make films about we make film like look you know we make films that are like colonial films that are like obsessed with our colonial legacy or we make films about like kind of cultural cringe people in the verbs like haha it's so embarrassing australians are dumb which is just not the reality for people at all or it's always about like small towns like people who've left their shitty small town and come home and there's like some secret like that's like 90 percent of films but what we don't see is what's actually probably a lot of people's experience which is this film about you know just kind of people who live in cities uh and just kind of modern multi-ethnic australia that's the reality for a lot of people it's not what reflected on our screen i feel like we're still very stuck in the past and we haven't caught up with what the day-to-day experiences of like a third of our country is okay um, I can speak from two perspectives. One as a, as an actor, and I can say that yes, uh, things have gotten better in the last sort of five to ten years, maybe. Um, but you know, when things were at zero, getting better isn't that amazing because it's just basically like, yeah, it's better than nothing. Um, so I think better than nothing is not good enough for Australian um, cinema and television. Um, 
I definitely think that now a lot of my friends who are actors and are actors of color, there's a lot of them now in Australia that are coming up and coming out of drama school and also just coming into the industry at different age groups and different levels of their um, expertise and career. They are working, a, a lot of them, but a lot of them are not. And, you know, that's that's the way of the world. But at the same time, if you look at places like London and New York and Los Angeles and even Paris and, you know, Asian cinema, it's, you know, 10 times more diverse and and, and uh, inclusive. Um, so I think it's about inclusivity um, and it's not just about going to find niche diverse stories and just telling one. I think we can we have to realize as an Australian industry that, that there can be multiple stories. There can be stories that are bad as well. There can be films that are bad. There can be TV shows that are bad. There can be ethnic actors that are, bad, that, that are not given five stars every time they do a performance because that is just how it is. You know, there are so many white, stories or Anglo-centric stories that we've come across on Australian television and cinema that weren't particularly great. And we just kind of go, oh, okay, that's not a great show, moving on. You know, whereas what happens is the pressure mounts on, on, on diverse stories and, you know, um, multifaceted sort of multilingual stories, things like that, to be really good. And, you know, and if it's not good, it's kind of like, well, we gave them a shot and they didn't, they didn't really deliver. So I think that, that, that needs to change. Um, that sort of idea needs to change. It's about having lots of things happening at the same time and something may float your boat and some things may not float your boat, you know? And I think, you know, America and UK, as we've as Bina said as well, is, is, you know, yeah, 18 years ahead, that is pretty harrowing statistic to look at. I mean, Australia always feels like it's a little bit behind, but we do have so many special filmmakers in the country and we have so many special young writers and we have so many, so much special talent, um, crew, actors, you name it. I mean, we've got some of the best in the world. I truly believe that. And the hardest working people. And we just want to make things and we just want to get it out there. And because of so many reasons, bureaucracy, one of them, you know, funding, another one, um, politics, another one, you know, they're, they're, these are the reasons why this, this, there hasn't been an explosion of, let's say, diverse stories on our screens. So I do think it's getting better, sure. But I, I, I would love to see an exponential change in the next five years. Um, Hopefully and, you know, I'd like to see... can inspire that. I hope so. Yeah, mm -hmm. really hope so. Um, just uh, very quickly with this last one, uh, uh, if, if you could, you know, just sum it up very quickly, what, what are you hoping audiences take away from this film? Oh, look, there's so much. Um, I, I'm glad that people are feeling touched by this film. Um, I want people to feel seen. Uh, I want people to feel like Australian stories don't have to be stuck in like frontier wars or criminality. Like a lot of Australian films are very obsessed with crime. I feel like we've never really cast off this idea of being a penal colony. I want people to reimagine this country as what it is, which is a wonderful, very egalitarian country in the Asia Pacific that is on ancient black land um, and that runs off the, you know, collective uh, good of lots of different cultures. I feel like that's a healthier attitude for us to have about our own nation. And this film really cements that, that that can be, you know, that can be the new Australian narrative. It doesn't have to be stuck in what in hundreds of years ago. It can be forward facing and less insular and more global. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. I will echo that as well, but I, I think, you know, what I would love, and I said this at the very beginning when I was, we were doing our sort of research packet and there was a question about what, why, what I wanted people to get away, get from my chapter. Um, but I think as a whole film now, what I would love, especially for international audiences, I mean, I think Bina talked about Australian audiences, I would just say that for international audiences and anyone outside of Australia, I would love our identity to, you know, come across as this modern Australia, the, the, the identity that this film presents, which is urban, 
Um, and there is an urban, there's an urban world that exists within Australia in so many of the major cities and smaller cities. And I want that experience to be portrayed to the rest of the world and to see how Australians really live, you know, in these kind of communities. And I think for traveling for so many years outside of Australia, people always struggle to see me as Australian when I would tell them that I'm Australian because I have brown skin. Um, and they would go, oh yeah, okay, but where are you really from? And then it's like, where are you, you know, why, where are you living in Australia? What's going but now, you know, I want people to understand that people like us in this film exist and live on Australian land. Fantastic. And just really quickly, Matthew, mm, I, want, I want young ethnic kids to learn their parents' language. And yes. I think that's the- Very important. Um, this is one of those rare films that I want to stand on a rooftop and scream out to everyone to, to go and see. And I really hope they do. Um, congratulations on it. I wish it all the best and I wish you to all the best as well. So uh, thanks for joining us. You're very kind, Matthew. And um, yes, thank you so much for supporting our film. It means so thank much. You. No worries. Thanks so much for having us. It was really special. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.